Welcome to the Declaration Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor John Sherrill. For more information about Declaration Church and other resources, visit declaration.org. So Declaration Church, I'll say it every week, nearly every week, thou shalt not bore the 11th commandment, all right? So we can... There you go. So we can clap, we can cheer, we can laugh. You can talk to me during the sermon. It makes me feel less completely insecure. (laughs) Thank you, Bishop. Keep it going. All right. So the last three weeks, we have been talking about authentic community, living life together. It it is one of the most important things, I believe, um, of the the church. Now, let me me say this real quick. Um, You know it's important because of how hard the enemy works to try to derail community. Think about it. Even through social networking, it's very ambiguous. You can be anybody you want to be. You, you throw these 140, you know, um, uh, letter statements out there. Uh, it, it, it's, not authentic, it's not authentic. It's not true, rich, doing life together. It lies and says that you're more connected than you've ever been. And on the one hand, on a global level, yes, you can connect very easy, but you're not truly rooted and deeply connected together in authentic, gospel-focused, Jesus-centered community. And so for the last three weeks, actually, this is our fourth week, we've been in this series called Game Changer, and we're talking about authentic community. There's a few things that we noted that we think are very important, and before we get into baptism, I just want to kind of catch us up and help us just kind of focus in on a few things. Number one, God created us longing for authentic community. You were made for this. Somebody look at a neighbor and say, you were made for this. You're made for this. God created us longing for this. He also desires for us to live in authentic community. Look at a neighbor and say, you were meant for this. And just like we heard Pastor Matt say last week, rows are good. They're great. We can come in together and we can celebrate God together. But it's very easy to live ambiguous and anonymous in rows. And and yes, worship, but at the same time, not embrace and initiate authentic community. Circles are better than rows. You were made for that. You were meant for this. God is so passionate about relationship. I mean, even from the very beginning in Genesis, man was not meant to be alone. No man should walk alone. We're going to talk more about that in a couple weeks. Number three, God wants to do something extraordinary through authentic community. And he's going to equip and empower all of us as he desires to accomplish his purpose, to accomplish his will through this community. And we said this, when God fills you with his spirit, he fuels you for what it is that he's called you to. When he fills you, he fuels you. So be encouraged, be encouraged. He is equipping and empowering you for the very destiny that he created you for day in and day out. And one of the most effective places for that equipping and that empowering is living life together in authentic community, which is why we're putting so much emphasis on these life groups that, are, that, are, that we're talking about that you can have the opportunity to even sign up for today. Life means this to us, L-I-F-E, living in freedom every day. Someone say freedom. It's very important. It's what the heart longs for. It's what the heart longs for until the bondage becomes so comfortable and so familiar that it's all that you know. It's all that you know. I could tell you stories growing up in Huntsville watching prisoners get released from prison that were mind-blowing of how quickly they would get out, they were released after years, and they would go rob a convenience store down the street to get back in. Because it's all they ever knew. 
And the idea of true freedom almost scared them to death. I wonder how many people sit in the rows of churches week in and week out and the idea of authentic freedom, taking the mask completely off, removing the religious attire that you wear and just living authentic, true before God, uh, aligning that dualism that we've created in life of this is my spiritual and this is my secular. I wonder how many people are, are desperately afraid of, well, what if they know the real me? What if they know the real me? But this is exactly what God created you for. Abundant life is found in that. Can I say this? It's not in my notes. I should have put it in there. Your abundant life begins when your agenda for life ends. Your abundant life begins when your agenda for your life ends. God has something unique and powerful for you. Be encouraged. When he puts the spirit in your life, he empowers your life for greater things. And together, as the church, it becomes unstoppable. It's literally called the hope of the world. The hope of the world. And when God breathes on the church, amazing things happen. Amazing things happen. Living in freedom every day. This is our desire for you. And it's what I believe is God's desire for you, that you would live in freedom every day. Every day. We pray that you... Um, would know God personally and intimately, just like we were praying earlier, that you would find freedom, discover your purpose, and then be released to go make a true difference in life. Some of you, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had in the context of planting church and, and ramping up to plant a church. And, and it's amazing to me of how many conversations I've had with some, some really, um, I would, what I would say, that's a high-powered person on an executive level. He makes super big decisions, or she makes super big decisions that affect, you know, a lot of people, not just corporately, but affects a lot of people's lives. Some of them even multi-million dollar, if not billion dollar decisions every day. And the thing that is so shocking to me is when one or two of them would literally say to me, yeah, but I just don't know if I'm making a difference. I don't know if I'm making a difference. If you want to know what making a difference looks like, feels like, smells like, what it produces. Step into kingdom and step into authentic community and begin to allow Jesus to use you for the purpose that he created you for. The abundant life begins when your agenda for life ends. All right, let's move on. I'm skipping notes because we got to get to the good stuff here. All right. So today, um, as we talk about life groups and abundant life, it w- I'd be amiss, especially as we, we see this pool up here, this baptism pool, I'd, it'd be amiss to, to not say, man, what are we doing here? What is this about? What is this about? So what we're about to do is this. We are about to, to have the privilege to take part in one of the sacraments of the church in baptism. Um, sacramental meaning, it's, it's something that we believe, it's supernatural. I can't really define it for you in words other than God is meeting us in powerful ways through this. He is meeting with us in this. It is an act of obedience, and we'll talk a little bit about it. But what we're going to do is, is we are going to have the privilege to baptize some people who have made a declaration with their life that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's one of the more powerful, profound things that we can witness and be a part of and celebrate together as family. So the people that are going to come, they have submitted their lives to the lordship of Jesus, which means that they have come to the place where they not only believe with their lips, but they're making this declaration with their lives to say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the meaning. He's the method. He's the message. And I want to submit to him. I want to submit to his agenda for my life. 
So that's what they're doing here in obedience to baptism. And so um, as they begin their journey with Jesus today out of obedience, um, just as into it, not literally, figuratively, anybody heard that song from Carrie Underwood, There's Something in the Water? Anybody? I kind of almost wanted to play it, but I'll just read you some lyrics. Yeah, play it. Yeah, I know, right? Um, this is what the lyrics said. He said, I've been where you've been before. Down every hallway is a slamming door. No way out, no one to come and save me, wasting a life that the good Lord gave me. Then somebody said what I'm saying to you, opened my eyes and told me the truth. They said, just a little faith and it'll all get better. So I followed the preacher man down to the river and now I'm changed. Now I'm stronger. There must have been something in the water. Now, if we had left it right there, I'd have been like, Carrie, it's a great song with a good melody, but we need to go a little deeper than that. (laughs) All right, so she did. Verse two, listen. Well, I heard what he said, and I went on my way. Didn't think about it for a couple days. Then it hit me like a lightning late one night. I was all out of hope and all out of fight. Maybe some of you feel just like that. Listen. She says, couldn't fight back the tears, so I fell on my knees, saying, God, if you're there, come and rescue me. I felt love pouring down from above, and then I got washed in the water and washed in the blood, and now I'm changed. Now I'm stronger. There must have been something in the water. She's still pointing at the water, okay? I don't <laughs> must have been something in the water. It wasn't that. What it was was she got washed in the blood of Jesus. And then she goes, now I'm singing along to amazing grace. Can't nobody wipe this smile off my face. Got joy in my heart, angels on my side. Thank God Almighty, I saw the light. Going to look ahead, no turning back. Like every day, give it all that I have. Trust in someone bigger than me. Ever since today, I believed, and I was changed, and I'm stronger. This morning... While maybe the lyrics here fail slightly short of where we need to go, I want us to look in God's word to exactly what's happening today. If you've got your Bible, Colossians chapter 2, we're going to hit about six or seven verses. If you need a Bible, there's some back on that table right there. You can take one free. And I'm going to hit these really fast so we can get into this. So verse 9 says this, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with the legal demands. Then he set aside nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authority and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So three things I want you to see in these seven verses. First of all, we see three pictures. The first one is a picture of regeneration. A recreation. He, he recreates something. Look at verse 9 and 10. For in him the whole fullness of deity bodily dwells. The fullness of God existed in the bodily form of Jesus is what it's saying. Jesus was a walking, living, breathing picture of God to the world. And verse 10 says, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. If you've been filled, it's supposing that you are broken. It's helping you see that you were empty, that you had deep need. You are a product of the curse of Adam. You were born into an inheritance of absolute poverty and despair and lostness. You are hopeless apart from Jesus. But verse says, in him, Jesus, you have been filled now. 
In verse 11, in him also, you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, you may wonder, what does this have to do with it? It's important. Without hands is a very important two-word phrase right there, without hands. It's not speaking to baptism of John that we're, that we're seeing here. It's not even speaking. Some, some people would say, well, baptism is the new circumcision. No, not necessarily because it says without hands right there. So that's not what that is. And obviously they're talking about circumcision as a Jewish cultural thing on the eighth day, the male boys. It was an external sign of an inward devotion or conviction, and it aligns you with those people. And so it's important. That's why he's bringing this up. It's this, this culture. He said, this is not a physical circumcision, and it's not something physical that we're doing necessarily, but it's spiritual. It's something that only God can do. And it's the circumcision of flesh, contrary to some belief. Just as I said, baptism is not the circumcision. The circumcision is the work of the Holy Spirit. And it is an act of obedience. I will say that. Verse 11 and 12, go on to say, In him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Listen, I know that there's different, different methodologies of baptism. Some people sprinkle, some people dunk. Some people, I prefer, it's my preference for immersion, full immersion, and here's why. Because right here, it says, having been buried with him in baptism. And I don't want you to miss this because it's, a, it's another picture that we can see of the recreation, the regeneration that God does through Jesus. When you are buried with Jesus, buried with Christ in baptism, what do you bury? What do you bury? Dead things. And so buried with him in baptism, raised to walk new. In the newness of life. Buried with him in baptism. Raised to walk with him through this powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. It's important. Before you do this, though, there's a step. And this is why Peter said, repent and be baptized. You must be born again. If you go to the book of John, chapter 3, you see this story about this guy named Nicodemus. He's, he's a ruler of Jews. And, and Jesus um, comes at night to him and, 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 um, and says, uh, uh, or Nicodemus comes to Jesus. He says, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher that's come from God. No one can do the things that you're doing unless God is with him. This is what Nicodemus says. And Jesus says, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says, well, how can a man be born again if he's old? I mean, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? Can he be born? Jesus says, truly, I say to you. Actually, he says, truly, truly, very important. He's doubling down. He says, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless he's born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He says, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So, Prior to this act of obedience to be buried with Christ in baptism, there's the recognition of need, and there's the invitation for Jesus to take over your life so that you can be born again, recreated. It's the picture of regeneration, that you would be born again in Christ and then buried with him, aligning with him in his death to be raised to walk in the newness of life. I mean, I, I haven't seen many people, when you bury them after they pass away, take the stuff with them. A lot of us have a few U-Hauls. We'd like to kind of, you know, hook up, but buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, below the new has come. 
And that's what we're talking about, regeneration new. Second picture I want you to see is a picture of redemption. Verse 13, and you who were dead in your trespasses and sin, the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our sin, canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He canceled the curse of Adam in your life. He spoke life into you. He has redeemed your life from hopelessness to hope, from despair to deliverance, from being lost and liable to being found and free. So the third thing I want you to see is it's a picture of resurrection. It's a picture of resurrection. Regeneration, redemption, and resurrection. Again, verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism, raised in him through faith and the powerful working of God, you were once dead in sin and the uncircumcision of your flesh, but God made you alive together resurrected you into this new creation. He canceled the record of debt and liability that you had because of your sin inheritance, and he made you something brand new and beautiful. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities, verse 15, and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Christ. This is what I want you to hear. Do you want to know resurrection power? Do you want to know what that looks like? It looks like triumph. It looks like victory. It looks like freedom. And that is the picture of resurrection that I want you to understand for these that are coming down here and saying, I want to be buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk as new creation. Do you see that? Victory, death to life. Three verses, Romans 6, 3 through 5. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We are aligning with him in death. When we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we, too, might walk, raised, resurrected in the newness of life. For we have been united with him in death like this. We shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this. That is good news. Look at a neighbor say, good news. So today we celebrate freedom. Today we celebrate regeneration and redemption and resurrection. Because of who Jesus is, because of all, of the, all that he's done, because of what he calls us to, to be buried with him, united with him in our death, and obedient to him, and then raised to walk with him, to be empowered by him for purpose, to live in community with him and with his people. Okay, so we're going to do some serious celebrating today. Is that okay? I like it. Um, before we get into this, I'm going to move this so... Before we get into this, I'm going to ask you really quickly, and I'm going to do it in a weird way, and that's okay. We're all family here. Look around say family. All right. This morning, if you're in the room and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you've done religion, you've done church, those things are great, but I'm talking about to Jesus, and you're saying, you know what? That's what I need. I need victory. I need freedom. I've tried the other stuff. I've tried religion. I've tried, to, I've tried to even give him part of my life, but I've withheld these other things, these other elements. If you want Jesus this morning, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Remember I said we're going to do it different, and I said family. Everybody say family. You can trust that people are for you here, that they love you here. And so if you want Jesus today, and you've never surrendered your life to him, would you, just like I'm doing in front of you, trust me, I'm pretty introverted. I'm actually kind of shy when it comes down to it, but I'm standing in front of you. Would you stand up with me? If you're saying, that's what I want. I want Jesus. I don't care how young or how old you are. Let's do this, man. This is the best thing that will happen to your life ever. 
Anybody? Take a deep breath and just do it, man. Because here's the deal. I feel like there is. And God didn't let me move on until I feel like he says move. Anybody? All right. So just know this. If at any point during the service, okay, you would say, man, that's me. I need Jesus. The Bible just says in the book of Romans, call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. That's it. That's it. Align your life with his. Father, I want you. Jesus, that's what I need, what we just talked about. I want to surrender Thanks to for listening to the Declaration Church podcast. We pray many blessings over you and your journey as you declare him to the nations. For more podcasts and teachings, visit declaration.org slash podcast. Come away.